Attention past, present, and future MyBookie players. For this week only, Thanksgiving week, MyBookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose one of the two teams against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money coming your way. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. Doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer, my bookie welcomes all to come play, so quit waiting around and sign up today. Have you always wanted to at least dabble a bit on betting on sports? 5, 10, 15, 20, maybe 50, 100 bucks if you feel real confident about a game, but you don't want to have a real bookmaker, a real bookie who's some creepy dude in a worn-out coat on the corner. Just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code ZABE. That's ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for this week only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply cannot lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Today on the Zabecast, hallelujah, the Skins saved all of DC's Thanksgiving. Sort of. They beat the Lions who played like they were drunk, and they probably coughed up a couple of draft positions along the way. The P.I. rule Sean Payton bitched about almost came back to bite them, and the NBA is considering massive changes to their regular season. All that, plus have we crossed the Rubicon? Your bonus, super early morning edition of Glorious the Uncensored Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! Oh, ho, ho, ho. Here we go! Monday, November 25th, 2019. Thank you for downloading and welcome to Thanksgiving week. Isn't it glorious? It's the most wonderful time. Bye-bye, Belt. Not a great week to start a diet, to say the least. We'll be here all week, and by we, I mean this podcast, at least 30 minutes a day. I'll probably go longer because I can't just shut up. There will be a Thanksgiving podcast, believe it or not. It's going to be all Thanksgiving and Turkey Day related. Should be a nice listen. Do catch it if you get a chance in the morning. Friday is going to be a dilemma, and this is where I will take some informal feedback from you people. What you mean, you people? Do you want a hastily produced, crappy You're Looking Live on Wednesday? Because that would be the day I'd have to produce it. Thursday is the heavy production day for me to get all my ducks in a row for your Football Friday podcast. It's by the time of that week, you kind of know what's happening, who's hurt, who's playing, storylines have emerged. Uh, I want to wait to give Mr. X as much time as he can have to look at the games and get some thoughts on paper. Uh, but Thursday's Thanksgiving, so yeah. I can only do so much about by myself. So I figure, what if I delivered football five ways Friday by, say, 2 o'clock on Friday? How would you feel about that? Would you hate that? I mean, it'd be better. Give me time to do it right. But if you want it, come hell or high water on Friday morning at 4 a.m., then that's what you're going to get. And I'll figure out a way to do it. 
Okay. Redskins beat the Lions 19-16. Oh, glory days are back again. First Redskin win at FedEx Field in over a calendar year, and it snapped a nine-game home losing streak. One more would have been the team record. Was it nine or was it ten? I don't know, but it's been bad. It's weird because in these moments, I am of mixed emotions. On the one hand, yes, everybody likes a good old football win from the hometown team. On the other hand, whenever this team is bad, which is their default setting now under Dan and Bruce, and whenever they win a game, just a single game, there is such a strong odor of delusion. And this team is run on delusion. It is powered by delusion, and it leads to bad ideas and thoughts of being close. So it's not the happiest feeling in the world. I have that thing in the pit of my stomach that says, Ugh. and in terms of the draft, yeah, they lost a spot or two in the draft with this win. There's no question about it. I'm not sure it matters as much as I once thought it did. I mean, look at the landscape. Two is hurt. He's not going to be available for the combine, if that matters to you. Uh, Herbert made, had a terrible game in getting upset by Herm out in the desert. Good for Herm Edwards. I should have never laughed at him when he was doing a lot of things that seemed like, oh, boy, you're in for a, you're in for a ch- ass-kicking in college, Herm Edwards. He's got it going at Arizona State. Uh, Herbert had a terrible game. Chase Young might be the number one, number one anyway. Fromm from Georgia looks more and more meh. There's another Georgia quarterback not so long ago. Square-jawed, handsome, good size, good measurables. You thought, that that's a pro quarterback right there. And then by the time he had played three years and you'd seen enough of him, you're like, yeah. And he turned out to be nothing in the pros. Who was that guy? And then you, uh, you look at Burrow, and Burrow could throw a gasket. He could throw a bad game at any time, and it might scare you off of him. You know, he wasn't anything last year, but they brought in – that coach from the Saints, and they gave him a new offense, and he's kicking ass this year. So he's kind of a one-year wonder, even though Burrow has played for more than one year. And by the way, he reminds me so much of uh, my friend Drew McGarry. God, does he look like a dead, dumbass ringer to Drew McGarry, but that's for a different time. So I guess what I'm saying is I've sort of lost my zeal to tank. And besides, I'm resigned that we are in a Haskins show for the next three years come hell or high water. I believe that the just the, the intoxication of a single whiff of a single win against a bad team like the Lions, it's going to be too much for Danny. He loves the guy too much. It's a Haskins show for the next two or three years, come hell or high water. This franchise is not going to have the stones. If they're sitting there high in the draft looking at a quarterback, they really like to say, you know what, let's try this again. And for the predicto machine and the record, let it be known, I believe Alex Smith is going to try to play football next year. And I believe the Redskins are going to let him. And I believe there's going to be some sort of, quote, competition in camp to see who's the starter. That's just what I feel sitting here on Monday, November 25th, 2019. Mark it down, remember it. So the good on Haskins is this. Big arm, he's got plus mobility as a scrambler. He's not a real weapon running it, but he can move and he can – get around and, and scramble for positive yards, as he did three times. Three big scrambles, all of them for positive yardage and first downs. And he rose to the moment. That's good. 
you got to give that to them. The bad, well, the accuracy is the biggest thing. I mean, look at the stats. 13 of 29, 156 yards, no touchdowns, one INT. Scotland is off today on the local show in D.C. because, well, guess what? He just took, well, he took the day off. I don't know why, but I'm glad because I don't want to have to go round and round with him about, well, was Haskins good or was he bad? That's bad. 13 to 29 is, is bad. It stinks. It's awful. And right now, he's not good. And to me, the settings are bad and good. Bad plus, good minus, plus, good, you know. There might be some settings in between. Doesn't mean I've written the book on him. I'm just saying right now, he's not good. 13 to 29. Oofa. Uh, he missed McLaurin for what would have been the game-winning touchdown. More on McLaurin in just a second. And he showed up for a 10.48. He showed up at, at, at 10.48 a.m. for a 1 o'clock start. Mitch Tischler, who does photography work and other stuff for NBC Sports Washington, said in 12 years of covering the team and being at the stadium hours and hours beforehand, he has never seen a quarterback arrive that late. Well, that's pretty late. That's only a two-hour warm-up, but okay. And then there was the selfie after the game when the game was not quite over yet. More on that in just a second. Let's talk Terry McLaurin. This kid is amazing. You know what? This is me. Ow! There, I just pinched myself. I'm pinching myself at how good this kid is. He is our Michael Thomas. Only with more force multiplier power behind his selection because he was a third-round pick. Thomas was a late second-round pick, I believe. Can't guard Mike. Another massive day. The guy's going to help me win my fantasy league, Michael Thomas. Love that guy. But back to McLaurin. I mean, he's got just a dash of the following, and don't scoff because these are all Hall of Fame caliber players. He's got a dash of Deshaun Jackson speed where you watch him run and you go, oh, shit, these DBs can't run with him. They don't want none of that smoke. They can't even keep up with him. He's got a dash of Larry Fitzgerald's hands. He High points things. He's a hand catcher. Perfect triangle. Thumbs, fingers. He's not a cradler. He's not an arm catcher. He's not a chest catcher. Hands. Love it. He's got a dash of Steve Smith's go up and get it, dog, in him. We saw that last week when he made that impossible catch over the shoulder of the Jets DB. And he goes up and gets passes like the one that sealed the game to get them in the field goal range. He's focused, he's mature, he's a savage worker, smart as hell about the game of football. God, I am in love. And I hope he rubs off on Haskins a bit more. We shall see. About the selfie with Haskins, let's put that aside for now. Running game is bad. Minus Haskins, three carries for 28 yards. They ran the ball for 60 yards on 20 carries. Three a tote, that's not good. And Steven Sims Jr. kick return? Fantastic. I said he's got the greatest CDF on the team I've seen in a long time. Couch Disruption Factor. I put that acronym together just on a whim on Thursday night taping the Redskins Showtime show because they wanted to say, well, who's your guy? Give us a guy for the week you want to talk about. And I said, Steven Sims Jr. He's amazing. He's got speed, burst, and wiggle. Three different distinct things. He's got top-end speed to run away from people. He's got the change of speed burst to elude guys in short spaces, and he has some silly-ass wiggle. All three. Amazing. And, of course, almost turned a kickoff return 
into a complete bonehead moment by letting it bounce off his shoulder. Picked it up, ran it for a touchdown. Amazing. Uh, Jimmy Moreland had an INT that would have sealed the game, go right through his arms. This is why they're DBs, right? You can't even say it was bad hands because, again, unlike McLaurin, he didn't go hand catch it. He went to cradle catch it. Boop, right through the arms. Dagger. Josh Norman was set to be deactive, and then he got suited up, and then he didn't play, and then he was on special teams, and then he stood like a statue on an extra point, or maybe it was a field goal. I don't know which one. It doesn't matter. I don't think it was the worst football play in the world. It's a terrible look. Caution to everybody within a five-mile radius of Mount Norman. That volcano is going to explode before the year is out. Mark my words. The Lions did almost everything they could to lose the game. Did almost everything wrong, it seemed. They allowed a booted kick return to go to the house. They lost a fumble in the stand-up pile. Lost the turnover battle 4-1. to one, Had a strip sack that was recovered by a fat-ass lineman. They had back-to-back turnovers on consecutive plays. Missed a field goal on what looked like a banana ball. I, almost like you saw that kick and you're like, that couldn't have been win, could it? They failed to convert on a first and goal. They had to settle for a field goal there. Had a punt returner catch a live ball for return at his own minus one and then got a return of three, setting him up in business at the two. I have never, well, I don't want to say never. It's pretty rare. Pretty rare to see the guy live catch a punt at the minus one, but he did. And they were playing with a quarterback who was a backup, but also a guy that the Bengals try to convert to a wideout in Cincy, and they're like, yeah, no, he's no good. Speaking of former quarterbacks, Logan Thomas, former Virginia Tech quarterback, I always knew he was a long, lean, athletic son of a gun, but he's a tight end now. He's a big boy. He's making plays. I'm like, damn, that's Logan Thomas? That's where he went? Answer, yep, that's where he went. So with all that, the Lions did wrong. They still only lost by three. Yeah. The thing that, though, is a little bit exciting is that the Skins have these dudes, these quick dudes like McLaurin and Quinn, and to a lesser extent, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Harmon, are getting open. They're getting open on an offense with a rookie quarterback that still is very inaccurate, Still is not probably making the reads as crisply as he will someday. No tight ends at all. And an interim coach whose scheme is complete junk. Don't even have our fast rocket pass catching running back in Thompson healthy. So it makes you dream just a little bit. Like, God, if we just had a coach that was an innovative offensive mind and, uh, you know, Haskin gets a little bit better and then uh, get a tight end to help him out. Shit. See, that's me. High on the delusion. Redskins win 19-16. to They probably have at least one more win in them before the season is out. Five more games to go, so 2-9 and nine is the number. Okay, about the selfie from Haskins with the fans. He thought the game was over off of the second interception of the day from Fabian Moreau, and he went to go celebrate and high-five with some of the fans. I get it. I get it. I get it. Luckily, it was not his phone. Thank God for that. I would have probably had to mildly kill him just a bit if it was. It was a fan's phone. He grabbed it, took a picture, gave it back to him. I'm okay with it. 
yeah, he missed the last kneel down with two seconds left on the clock. So good old Case Keenum got to go in there and take the kneel down. <laughs> That's funny. I'm sorry. I'm just sort of laughing. Like if you're Keenum, you're like, fuck, really? You want me to go in there and take the kneel down? Okay, great. But some people don't have some people have a real problem with it. Some people do not like Haskins doing this at all. To which I say, I understand it. I understand the extreme nervousness about anybody who is of the generation as your leader of your team, face of the franchise, a guy who's got to work his ass off to make this thing happen and to make it work. Taking a picture, a selfie with fans. It's just, it screams millennial. It screams, anything for the gram, man, anything for the gram. Enough of that already. I get that feeling. I'm not too wrapped up in it, though. Okay, fine. He did that. He said, I'll get it next time. My bad. And away we go. I'm kind of more troubled at the arrival time, to be honest. That's a pretty late arrival time for the quarterback. And besides, how many other guys on the team showed up and looking around like, so seeing our quarterback yet? I don't know when most quarterbacks arrive at you know a home game where you're responsible to get there on your own. Man, I got to believe they beat most people in. That's all. So I believe we're in a Haskins show for the next two or three years, no matter what, come hell or high water, and let's hope the kid improves. Right now he's bad. I, I don't know how you can say anything other than that. 13 to 29, you want to call that good? You want to blame it on the wind? You want to blame it on something else, anything else? I mean, numbers don't lie. Not every number. But as far as the selfie goes, bah, I'm over it. I know this will disappoint many of you, but I have no details today of the Niners-Packers showdown on Sunday night. I have got to get my life in order. I have got to get as close to eight hours of good sleep as possible. Saw a story recently, and I don't know where it went. I tried to Google it. I saw some older results, something like, New research shows that getting less than a full night's sleep leads to premature Alzheimer's and other brain disease. I don't doubt it. I mean, the the health effects of me just constantly, five hours, six hours, four hours, repeat. It's terrible. It's killing me. It's doing all kinds of bad things. So I've got to curtail it. And the thing that sucks is that, well, there are games that end at 11 11.30. 11.30. And I know that once in a while you can stretch it. But, of course, I was not going to have time once the game was over to then give you a full recap. So it's not in today's Zabecast. I'm going to make every effort. And I almost went <laughs> – I was going to make a T-shirt for myself to wear as a reminder. I went to uh, Custom Inc. where you can kind of order one-off T-shirts, although it was going to be 29 bucks, And I was like, this is a waste of money. But the T-shirt that I had designed, and they got a slick design interface, but the T-shirt I had designed was going to say, 10 o'clock is my bedtime, deal with it, in parentheses. Because you tell people, oh, I go to bed at 10 o'clock. And if you try to keep that regimen, you try to keep that discipline through the weekend, Friday, Saturday night, I mean, come on. And of course, did I go to bed at 10 o'clock on Friday and Saturday night? No. No, I stayed at home and I drank whiskey and I went to bed at midnight. I got to stop that. 
well, you should have gotten a good night's sleep those nights, and then you could have stayed up to 11 and then done a quick five-minute recap of the Packer game. You're right. You're right. I stand accused. I stand guilty as charged. But no recap on the Zabecast. Discussion about it on Tuesday's Zabecast. I'll see you then. And, of course, discussion live in the morning on 97.3 The Game in Milwaukee with my boys Josh and Gitter. It was almost the most perfect Sunday ever. Saints leading big against Carolina. I'd pretty much put the game off my radar screen. Then I end up flipping back going, oh, snap. It's a game now. Panthers have come roaring back. They've got it near the goal line, and there is a crossing route that is not called pass interference that might have been. And guess what? Ron Rivera decides to challenge it. And I'm sitting there watching going, ho, 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 ho. Here we go. Please, God. Please, God. May the invisible hand of Alberto Riveron reach up and give Sean Payton and the Saints a full proctological exam with no glove. Please overturn the non-call. Sure enough, they did. And it was very marginal, but they're the ones who wanted it. They're the ones who bitched about it. And I'm like... Here we go. First and goal. First and goal at the two. And of course, of course, the Panthers don't get it in. The Saints put on a hell of a goal line stand. Then there's a chip shot field goal to put the Saints up, and they miss it. Of course, on the play, it looked like the Saints cheated just a bit by doing a move where they kind of slap down the center and they have one of the linemen jump over. You're not allowed to hold defensively and then pry guys open, pry the line open and charge through. But the kicker who had missed two kicks on the day missed an extra point range field goal, which was a joke indoors. I mean, come on. (laughs) That poor guy. Poor guy. Cut his ass. Anyway, um... It would have been perfect if the Saints had gotten screwed on that. Not as high leverage as the uh, NFC Championship game. Of course, earlier in the day, there was a story that Sean Payton apparently said he wants three to five people in a room judging on these pass interference calls, one way or the other. He thinks numbers will solve it. This is reading more and more like a story out of the onion. This, the whole thing is ridiculous, and it's as ridiculous, and it's unfolding as poorly as many of us said it would. And yet, my hopes of the NFL actually reversing course and saying we're getting out of the reviewable PI business, I think are very slim. I don't see them doing it. I do not see them going the other way. They will double down, triple down. They probably will add that stupid-ass room of three to five people. I wish they'd put Sean Payton in a room with three to five people who hate him and his stupid crybaby ways. Turn out the lights and give us all, you know, pillowcases full of oranges. And then we'll just see what happens. Oh, yeah, we we need night vision goggles. Otherwise, we'd just be hitting each other with the bags of oranges. Attention past, present, and future my bookie players. For this week only, Thanksgiving week, my bookie is offering a risk free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose one of the two teams against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. 
you've got extra holiday spending money coming your way. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. Doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer, my bookie welcomes all to come play, so quit waiting around and sign up today. Have you always wanted to at least dabble a bit on betting on sports, 5, 10, 15, 20, maybe 50, 100 bucks if you feel real confident about a game, but you don't want to have a real bookmaker, a real bookie who's some creepy dude in a worn-out coat on the corner. Just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code ZABE. That's ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and mybookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat. That's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for this week only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply cannot lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. The NBA is considering sweeping changes to the format of the regular season to hopefully be implemented as soon as 2021, the 2021-2022 season. So that would not be this year, would not be next year, but the year after that. And I guess that coincides with uh, the league's 50th, 75th, 100th anniversary. I lost count. Clearly, Adam Silver and the league they're seeing things or they're sensing things as being way more dire than many of us tend to think. Yes, ratings are down, television ratings. But guess what? They've got contracts that do stretch out in the future pretty good. And while they may not be able to improve upon those contracts if the numbers are still down, you know, bottom line is it's a healthy league in that regard. And, yeah, their, their ratings going to be down because they're in a down cycle, like I said in a previous Zabe cast, so many other star players, they're hurt. It's hard to have all these guys be the stars in the face of your league with a super team in Golden State that people will be excited about whether you're rooting for them or rooting against them, and then all of a sudden, all those guys are hurt, uh, your ratings are going to go down. I would say load management is a problem. I would say an increasing lack of defense league-wide is a concern. I mean... We once complained when games were being played in the 70s, even 80s, saying, oh, the game is, it's like Mortal Kombat. We got to loosen it up. And they implemented rules to help out with hand checking and other stuff like that. But there's a a healthy medium in there. And I think we now have tipped past that where certain teams just don't give a shit at all defensively. They figure, look, we'll run up and down with you. And uh, uh, hopefully we'll make more shots than you do in the final six minutes of the game and win. That's kind of what the Wizards did Friday night against the Hornets. I actually watched that game, and I'm like, oh, I get it. Okay, kind of entertaining, but at some point, you're going to get sick just eating all those three-pointers and layups. And I think that's something the league is concerned about as well. I think they are very worried about this load management thing going any further. At this time, it's only Kawhi and a handful of other guys. LeBron is not load managing right now, and Look at the miles on him. Look at the miles on his basketball tires. But they, I think they're worried about it going forward. And I applaud the NBA for saying we're not going to sit back and let this continue this way. We're going to shake things up. But, man, I wonder, wonder how badly they want to propose disfiguring 
the traditional 82-game regular season march, followed by the rigidly structured postseason. One of the proposals was to throw away the conferences. And I'm like, hallelujah on that. I've been proposing throwing away conferences for a long time. I, I proposed it in the NFL, which was treated as blasphemy by many listeners. Yeah, get rid of the old AFC, NFC, because we had too many years where the, the Super Bowl was an anti-climax. You're like, oh, God, the, you know, the NFC is going to kill them. And then it was like, then the AFC is going to kill them. And it was vice versa. And I'm like, people are saying, oh, it'll even out. And I said, well, who cares if it evens out? Just get the best two teams in there. And the answer always was tradition. Can't mess with tradition. We'll see what the NBA proposes, but it looks like they are ready for a major, major shakeup in their format. So file these under stats that mean absolutely nothing. Phil Mushnick does a great job of pointing these out in his column in the New York Post, and I like to look at them too. Sometimes I wonder, why doesn't anyone read the stat they're going to put on network TV and say, this doesn't mean anything? Why are we running with this? Uh, Mushnick had this week, someone uh, p- pointed out that on TV they, they said, here was a stat, Iowa under coach Kirk Ferentz is 51 and 57 in games decided by eight points or less. And then there's the sick after that uh, for an incorrect term. You know what is incorrect about it? Eight points or fewer, fewer, fewer is used as an adjective for specific numbers of things. Less is a volumetric qualifier. I know. I'm a nerd. (laughs) Kirk Ferentz is 51 and 57 in games decided by eight points or less. So is that good? Bad? What should he be? And why eight? What about six? Seven? I don't understand what that is. He writes, two, two, two free tickets to the annual Diet Ginger Ale Festival in Lambertville, New Jersey, to the reader who can explain the relevance of that stat. Here was an even better one, I thought, and by better I mean worse and more stupid. In the Lions game, they pointed out that Bo Scarborough the week before, the big bruiser of a back out of Alabama, had 55 yards and a touchdown in his first career start as a Lion. And he joined an illustrious club of only four... That's right, just four Lions to have achieved such a random cherry-pick stat as at least 55 yards and one touchdown in his first career start as a Lion. One of the guys included Barry Sanders, of course, and that was, I guess, the hook for, hey, look at this rare company. But the stat of the other three guys, and I forget the two, the the third one, but one of the other guys was Mikel Lashore, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I remember that donkey, Mikel Lashore. Yeah, he was a great back. What an what an elusive, uh, what a illustrious and amazing and exclusive club that Bo Scarborough now belongs to, and of course Tiki Barber, who's not very good calling games, had to play along and said, yeah, that's that's real neat to be uh, in in a graphic with. Uh, Barry Sanders, I bet Bo Scarborough really likes it. I'm like, yeah, he's in a graphic with Mikel LaShore as well. What does that mean? 55 yards and a touchdown. Well, hey, how about that?
Congratulations. That's amazing. What a rare club that is. Somebody show me the low-paid production assistant who came up with that and thought, oh, this is a good one. Let's do a whole graphic. Get pictures. We'll get a full-page graphic. This is going to blow people. Oh, wow. Bo Scarborough, welcome to the Hall of Fame, buddy. Television. What are you going to do? All right, time for some popcorn tweets. Sort of like popcorn shrimp. Just going to put a big bowl out here and just nosh on it. Peter Burns, ESPN. You want expanded playoffs in college football, he tweeted. You got it yesterday. Penn State had a playoff game. They lost. Oregon had a playoff game. They lost. Oklahoma had a playoff game. They advanced. Baylor had a playoff game. They advanced. Utah had a playoff game. They advanced. Four is still the right number. I think there's a uh, decent argument in that regard. Vita Vea at 347 pounds became the largest player to ever score a touchdown in the NFL. They put him in as a receiver eligible, the big nose tackle for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and caught a touchdown pass with his giant squirrel's tail hair coming out the back of his helmet. 347 pounds. There were no 300-pounders in the NFL as recently, and I know it's going to sound funny, as something like 1975. And look at the explosion of players now. 347 pounds, just because you can be 347, this is why I'm telling you weight limits may not be the worst thing ever if you want to sort of dial down the carnage in the NFL. There was a horrible roughing the passer call in the NFL on Sunday. I know, stop me, right? It was in the Jets-Raiders game. Sam Darnold back to pass, gets swamped under, barely touched, flag thrown. I've looked at it six times. I don't know where the penalty is. And, of course, that's not reviewable because, yeah, why would it be? Apparently going to games, if you're a Redskin fan, is very easy now because the parking lots are so empty and the traffic is so light. I almost kind of want to maybe go to a game just to experience it, but then, eh, I remembered. I swore I'm never going back to that dump. The day they blow it up, the day they tear it down, that's the day I'm going back to FedEx Field. Greg Schiano apparently turned down a job at Rutgers that would have paid him eight years, $32 million, but apparently wasn't enough. Wow, that's some the balls on Greg Schiano. $32 million guaranteed. How does he know, and maybe he does, but maybe he doesn't, how does he know that he'll ever be head coaching candidate material again in college? This might have been your last best $32 million payday. In Chicago, a guy snuck in a whole pumpkin pie with a can of whipped cream at the Bears game, sat down, put it on his lap, proceeded to... Fill it up with whipped cream, and people are like, yeah, so how come we have to buy these special clear bags, and they're checking all our shit, and they somehow missed a guy bringing in a whole intact pumpkin pie with whipped cream? Go figure. Did you see Deontay Wilder's punch in his boxing match, the pay-per-view that 
turned out the lights on his opponent on Friday night or Saturday night. Wow. Deontay Wilder is the heavyweight champ we need to get people like me back into boxing. After seeing that, I'm in. There's a bobblehead out for the Astros cheating. It's from Bobblehouse 16, and it's a guy in a Astros jersey, although they didn't use the marks exactly, but they've got just a a guy in shorts and a blank sort of baseball shirt with the Astros blue on it, but no logos because I'm sure it would have run afoul of baseball. And it's got a laptop in one hand, it's got a rubber mallet in the other, and it's got a trash can right next to him. Something tells me they're going to sell a few of those bobbles. (laughs) Pretty damn funny. Speaking of college coaches who aren't worth the money, well, wait, am I speaking about that or not? Tom Herman fell to 6-5. and five. They lost to Baylor. Texas did. This after he was basically headbutting players with helmets on with his own bare head, which made for great video, and people are all jacked up about it. But, yeah, I think that was Tom Herman who did that. Either way, uh, he's due a $1 million retention bonus on Christmas Day at Texas. That's on top of the $5.75 million he'll make this year. To say that Tom Herman has been a huge disappointment at Texas is a massive understatement. How about Wisconsin's Zach Hintz, 62 yards and not an inch to spare. Field goal at the end of the first half in Wisconsin against their uh, senior day opponent, Purdue. Pat O'Day, the last one to do it. Pat O'Day, the last Wisconsin kicker to make a 62-yard field goal or longer, and he did it in 1898 when it was legal to drop kick it. In fact, I'm not even sure uh, you can't drop kick it now. I don't know if Pat O'Day did drop kick it, but okay, fine. Navy just beat number 25 SMU. They improved to 8-2. and two. And they're going to a bowl for the 15th time in 17 seasons, points out my colleague Al Galdi. The sustained success of Navy remains one of the most underrated stories in DMV sports, and I concur wholeheartedly. Also, with what Coach Monken has done with Army, I'm actually kind of jacked up for the Army-Navy game again this year. and We'll be up there for Army-Navy Radio Row on Friday before the big game. I went to the game last year. I'm not going to go again this year, but I went there, I saw it, and I was duly impressed. And, uh, yeah, big ups to Navy for another big season. Bronny James had a dunk in a high school game. That's great. His dad is LeBron. He looks like he is going to be a good young basketball player. Dan Wetzel tweets, though, in this sense, I feel bad for LeBron James Jr., yeah, nice dunk. He should be proud. Enjoy it like any other high school freshman. But Sports Center making it a Sports Center top 10 will only build incredible resentment to him that isn't his fault. I don't know about that. I don't know if his teammates resent him getting on Sports Center. I think the teammates in that video are like, yay, put more of him on Sports Center because you know what? That puts me on Sports Center too, even if I'm sitting on the bench doing nothing. I'll believe it when I see it. USA Today Sports tweets that slow players on the PGA Tour will be placed on a list. We're keeping a list, and we're checking it twice. 
According to a report in Golf Digest earlier this week and confirmed by the PGA Tour, the policy board has approved a number of modifications to address slow play issues. Among the changes is that players who frequently take more than 45 seconds to take a shot will be targeted, and they will be placed on a list, although the list will not be released to the public, nor even the rest of the PGA Tour and their members. Well, now the number one thing to go get, sort of like a dog looking for a bone, is to get that list and make sure you publish it. Who's on the damn list? One more golf note, because I know this is golf season right now. Boom! More football! Augusta National dropped four spots in the golf magazine top 100 courses in America. The reasoning behind it, and I read the story, was a total joke. They basically said, you know, oh, number seven is too long and too hard now because of the equipment changes. And number 11, same thing, is too long, is too hard. This is not the course that Dr. McKenzie and Bobby Jones envisioned back in the day. They wouldn't recognize what this place has become. And I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of things that they would not recognize. There's a lot of things that would mystify Alistair McKenzie and Bobby Jones, like maybe a Toro triplex mower that is so good it can get green speeds upwards of 14 on the stimp. I think they would probably say, what, what is this magic machine? Wait, you cut the greens and you roll them? What would Dr. McKenzie think about sub-air systems to improve the agron- agronom- agronomonic? The ag- to improve the health of the greens. How about that? Sub-air systems for those who are not golfers. These greens at Augusta, like many top clubs, are bionic greens. Underneath the dirt and the sand and the grass is a system of pipes and air, air ducts and channels that can drain the green. They just press a button. There's a, a, a generator and a pump that's buried off the side of the green. It's so silent you can't even hear it, and they'll take the water out. Uh, give it aeration, bionic greens. They're very expensive, but if you want the best services in the world, that's what it takes. All right, so seven's not what it once was. Big deal. It's fourth on their top 100 courses. Okay, whatever. The best tweet, though, was from Club Pro Guy who said, hmm, interesting. Not saying it will or should happen, but I can see a company like Club Corp, and he ats them, buying this place and trying to turn it around I've seen it a lot here locally. They'll come in, cut staff, slash amenities, add corporate events, but at least the club will have security. (laughs) That tweet belongs in a freaking museum. If you play golf, if you belong to a club, if you know anything about the golf business, that tweet is magic. And then one more here on the grab bag. Thank you, Joe Martinez on Twitter. He said, This is Zabe when he and Mrs. C downsize and move back to the suburbs. It's a tweet, a picture of some guy's backyard, and the tweet was, my neighbor takes his annual family Thanksgiving football game very seriously. It is a fully painted backyard with painted end zones that reads Turkey Bowl, and the field is, by my count, uh, 13 yards long. I'm sorry, what was that? I think you said 13 yards long, the whole field. Well, no, plus the end zones, it's uh, 23 yards total. 
if the yardage is, is correct. Uh, if the if the markings are correct to the yard, then yeah, it's uh looks like there's 15 yards of of actual field to play on, and then you have the end zones, and that's pretty much it. Actually, five and eight, sixteen might might be sixteen. <laughs> the field is wider than it is long, and it has what looks like a crepe myrtle in the field of play that he just drew the lines around. So I guess you got to go around that. To which I know you're going to ask me, so how about your field? How's Yohunai looking? Haven't seen any photos this year. What logo did you paint? Did you go with the Redskins logo? Are you too ashamed? The field is not done, and it's not going to be done. It's too late. It's already Thanksgiving week. i got to get the lights up. I didn't have time. Uh, I didn't have the motivation. I'm fat. I'm lazy. I've got no friends. I know. I'm a disgrace. Two years running, Yohunai will be dark. Yohu and I will not be painted. The goalposts are not up. I couldn't find the pipe fittings. I wanted damn pipe fittings that would get me to reduce from a, a two-inch interior diameter tube, which is my uprights, PVC, down to a female threaded one-and-a-half inch, and nobody could get it to me. Nobody. Nobody stepped up and said, here, here's a link. Just order on Amazon. It'll come. Couldn't do it. It's a damn shame. You're blaming others. Yeah, I'm aware of that. Maybe in 2020, if I still own the house, if I'm still living out here. We'll end on this today. Email, always welcome at zabe at yahoo.com. Love the feedback, even feedback that's not always so positive. Titus W. says, Zabe, I'm a longtime listener who started listening shortly after you joined Bob and Brian, and I followed you over to 980 a few years ago. I listen on the podcast, and I'm currently about a week and a half behind, so this may be a bit dated. By the way, Titus, you, sir, are quite the dedicated Zabe fan. Anyhow, he says, you were talking about the equivalent of the Mendoza line in football, and I, you asked for names to describe when the NFL got to the point where at least half of their quarterbacks were backups from what was expected to start the year. I know that you settled and seemed to like the McCown zone, but I still feel compelled to give you another submission. Instead of the McCown zone, how about a name from Packer Infamy Past by the name of T.J. Rubley? I know you know the story, so I won't get into the details. By the way, Rubley came in for one play, called an audible. Play got blown up. This is against Minnesota, and Holmgren lost his mind on the sidelines, and it's like he was cut the next week. Like, no, no. Look here, Jabron. Go in there for a play as far as getting looked at and don't fuck it up. Anyhow, for us, T.J. Rubley is the very embodiment of all that can go wrong when you lose your starting quarterback. So with that in mind, I'd like to respectfully offer this submission instead. Crossing the Rubicon. It works because it implies there's a line that you've crossed and that it had Rube in it and the memory of that fateful disaster and all things that can go wrong when you send in your backup. I know it may be too late to change. No, it's not. I didn't order a bunch of T-shirts or anything. But I hope you at least got a chuckle out of this. Thanks for reading it. Thanks for the many hours of entertainment you've provided me. Thank you, Titus W. I appreciate that. I don't know if Titus knows that crossing the Rubicon is an actual reference in Greek mythology. And I don't know if he gets that. I would change it slightly to crossing the Rublicon. Ah? Uh Ah? See what I did? You. You're good. We've crossed the Rublicon, where we now have 16 
starting quarterbacks who were not starters at the beginning of the year. We've crossed the halfway point. We've crossed the TJ Rublikon. Crossed the Rublikon. Think about it. Let it soak. Okay, Cowboys look like they're going down to defeat right now as I finish off this Zabecast. Uh, Jason Garrett kicking field goals. Down seven with six minutes left and driving for what looked like it could have been a touchdown to tie the game. This is Jason Garrett in a nutshell. I looked up. I didn't see what the exact down and distance was, but I saw them kicking a field goal. I said, loser. That's the way losers coach. That's the way losers think. Really? You're down seven. There's six minutes to go. You may not get the ball back. You kick a field goal. Great. What are you trying to cover the spread? Which, by the way, they are right now. Took the spread from seven down to four. Cover. Backdoor cover. Thanks for listening, everybody. And always uh, looking forward to a great, healthy, thankful Thanksgiving week. We're here all week on the Zabecast. I appreciate your downloads. Have a great Monday, and I will see you tomorrow. Attention past, present, and future MyBookie players. For this week only, Thanksgiving week, my bookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose one of the two teams against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money coming your way. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. Doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer, my bookie welcomes all to come play, so quit waiting around and sign up today. Have you always wanted to at least dabble a bit on betting on sports? 5, 10, 15, 20, maybe 50, 100 bucks if you feel real confident about a game, but you don't want to have a real bookmaker, a real bookie who's some creepy dude in a worn-out coat on the corner. Just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code ZABE. That's ZABE, Charlie, Zulu, Alpha, Bravo, Echo, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll. And that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and a risk-free bet for this week only. So if you're a true football fan, you do not want to let this opportunity pass you by. You simply cannot lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid.